Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Irenic Ref podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Gross. The word Irenic means aimed at or aiming towards peace. And my goal with this podcast is to try to create a bridge between coaches and officials by showing the humanity of each other in a more robust way, which isn't necessarily achievable in the minimal interactions a coach and official may experience during a game. With all that said, let's get to it. Today's guest has been coaching for roughly 24 years. Six of those were at the collegiate level as an assistant at both USF and DWU. But the last 16 years have been as the head coach at Vermilion High School. He has he has been named Region Coach of the Year by the SD Basketball Coaches Association in 2016, 2020, and 2021. He was also one of four finalists for the Boys Coach of the Year after his 2021 season. His teams have won the DAC 12 conference in 2017 and 2021. The 2021 team went undefeated in the regular season and started the year with 22 straight wins. The 2021 team was the first Vermillion High School varsity boys team to make it to the state tournament since its last appearance in 1989. He was one state term. He has, he has had one state tournament appearance, 193 career wins as a head coach. And he was inducted into the DW athletic hall of fame in 2020. In 2012, excuse me. Please welcome Jay Drake. Jay, uh, welcome to the show today. Uh, thanks, Andrew. Uh, appreciate you having me. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to jump onto one thing right away. Um, you said the past few years, uh, in in a in a form I had you fill out. You talked about how the past nine years, I believe, you've had your your dad as an assistant coach or a volunteer assistant. What's that experience like? And and maybe give some insight into who your dad is for those like me who maybe didn't know who he was. Right. Uh, he, my dad was my high school boys basketball coach. Uh, really, probably the reason I got into coaching. Um, uh, Jim Drake, He uh, both my parents are Huron High School grads in the late 60s and both went on to Huron College. And then after Huron College, they uh, uh, wanted to venture away from South Dakota and went out to uh, Sterling, Colorado. And they were out there for about eight, nine years. Uh, that's actually where I was born. I went through uh, kindergarten or went to kindergarten in Sterling. And uh, Sterling would be the, you know, the size of their schools, probably like a Yankton or Mitchell double A school. Um, but he was the uh, assistant head assistant coach at the high school there. And uh, eventually wanted to get his first head coaching job and they wanted to be closer to home and family. And that's when he, uh, in the uh, uh, fall of 1982 started at winter high school and was the winter high school boys basketball head coach. Um, uh, also an assistant for other sports there, but the head boys coach for 31 years uh, retired in uh, that must've been 2013 uh, they, they moved to Sioux Falls for a year. And then the lot, like, like you said, the last nine years, we've been really fortunate, uh, to have him basically driving down from Sioux Falls every day and helping us out, not just with the varsity program, but with our CNJV kids. And, uh, uh, it, it's been great for our program just to have his experience and wisdom. Uh, the bad news is my sister, uh, uh, she lives in Del Rapids and my two nephews, they're kind of getting older. One's a freshman and one's a, uh, a seventh grade boy. And it's time for him. He just wants to be grandpa now and kind of follow them around as they get into middle school, high school sports here. So Del Rapids, obviously we've had big games with them in the past and some 
crazy endings with them, but he's going to go be a choir. And I told him, you know, the biggest thing is he just can't sit on their bench. He can root for them, but he can't sit on the bench and help them out. So, yeah, absolutely. It is. I think it's funny that there's a lot of people that are getting closer to that age. Pete, Pete Entringer, one of the officials, he's saying he's getting close to that age where he's, he's about to be more of a grandpa and less of a, an official. And so it's, it's interesting to see where that kind of age hits. And then it's all of a sudden it's like, okay, it's grandpa mode. I got to go watch these games. I got to uh, be a little bit more intentional in in what I'm doing as, as a grandparent. And so uh, it, it's kind of just interesting seeing all these people that are talking about that as I'm interviewing them, whether they're officials or coaches as well. But uh, I think another thing to note that, that some people may wa- be watching this that doesn't know is uh, the first time I met you was you were actually a junior varsity coach over in Hanson High School. And I, it was my first year. I, I don't know how many years you had been there. Was it one year before that? Or was that your first year as well? Yeah, I think it was my, I was there two years. And I think it was my second year, you and your sisters. I believe it was from here on, right? You moved yep. on from here on. And, yeah. yeah. It was a nice little connection there as well with your, with your family. But yeah, we, we came down and first thing, first time I met you, we were at the Corn Belt team camp and you're like, what do you want to be called? And I'm like, you know, I don't care. And then so finally, you know, Andy came came from that, and it, it's funny how that name stuck all the way through high school. I was I was Andy, which is really funny. I didn't really care. My mom wished it was Drew, but either way, um, right? You know, you know, I I just thought that was interesting. That that's the the thing that stuck, and kind of one of my memories uh, with you is that. And so, and I don't know what what was your impression of me? Let, let I don't know. You don't have to go super detail. What was your first impression of me when I show up at this? I just remember, uh, uh, and, and you know, this obviously Hanson's a tight knit community yeah. and uh, very sports minded, sports oriented. And uh, you know, I, I, I know from a staff, uh, both as you know, the teaching staff, but also the coaching staff, when we heard about your family and you know, obviously yourself and, uh, you know, your two older sisters and it wasn't, uh, the, the thing with you guys, it, it wasn't just one particular sport, you know, you know, y'all, all three had success in multiple sports. And, uh, I think that's very important for all kids being two, three sport athletes. Uh, but it was exciting. You, you know, we're, we're kind of, even here in Vermilion with the college, we have people yeah. moving in and out. And uh, you always get excited when you get a new family coming to town. And I remember that with you guys um, and, and great family too, obviously yourself and uh, just got to be around you that one year before I left, but then your, uh, you know, your sisters as well. And uh, if I recall right on uh, the girls, I believe they won the state uh, track championship that first year when you guys got there. And yep. um, I, I think your sister scored a lot of points in, the, in yeah. that state track meet. Yeah. That first year. I mean, it, I mean, it definitely helped coming from here on coming from bigger school, but yeah, they they did have some uh, supporting roles in in um, uh, Rihanna Gellickson and Alyssa Pearson and, and a few others right. like that as well. But yeah, it was it was it was a fun time to be there. Um, yeah, like you'd mentioned, we were three sport athletes, four sport athletes if you count baseball for me. But yeah, it was just a fun time to uh, you know adventure out. I would say and come to a new place for me as a freshman. So as like a, a brand new adventure, you know, starting new. It's not like. It wouldn't be the same if I went to Huron. I would have been starting at, at square zero in a sense. Right. But yeah, it was it was fun. Fun having you as a coach. Uh, fun having you as that the the coach for the very first time that I've met. I mean, I think maybe Coach Haskamp was the first one just with football because we had a team camp. But 
yeah, that was, right. it was it was a good interaction, good a fun time to be on that and that JV team with you as a coach, and and obviously we can see that that success has played even further with your. We had a pretty good JV team too. Yeah, we right? did, we did. So that, and, and think, that's you know I I think a lot of people know it too, and not to get off topic too much here, sure. but you know Hanson, it, it, it was it was only two years for me. Um, obviously part of the reason leaving is, you know, I had aspirations of being a head uh, boys basketball coach and having my own program. So that kind of led to the, um, but the people there and the, the people that are still there with, uh, you know, coach bridge and coach Altman's and, uh, you know, I think coach Altman's is in some administration roles now there with, as the elementary principal, but, uh, I, I'd gone to college with him at Dakota Wesleyan as well. So I knew him and, uh, uh, there's a lot of connections just from DW and Hanson, but uh, it, it's a great community. Uh, I, I continue here 16 years later, still, uh, uh, whether it's football, basketball, track season, when I see the kind of the blue they got going on, light blue they like yep. to wear sometimes. Yep. And uh, uh, it always gets my attention when I hear about Hanson and their athletics. Yep, absolutely. Same thing with me. And then that new stadium is is pretty incre- incredible. Yes, too. yes. But that's a different topic. Maybe I'll have coach Altman's on here and hopefully that's some good words for you as well. Uh, but let's, you talked about DW graduating from there. Let's go back a little bit further. Uh, tell us where you graduated from. You kind of alluded to that with your dad, but tell us more about that. You're growing up where you graduated from and then more of your personal life, your family and into that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, winter high school grad, 1994. Um, same thing. Three sport athlete, uh, played football, uh, basketball, uh, track, uh, was fortunate to be on the, some very good teams uh, in football, both my junior and senior year. We uh, uh, made it to the Dome, got beat my junior year by uh, uh, Vermilion High School, actually. It was the end of their three straight in the early 90s. Jason Lieber kind of ran all over us, and they beat us 46-27. And then my senior year, we went into the state title game in, the, in football in the Dome. Uh, we were undefeated, ranked number one. And I, I can always like to say that we – we kind of started the West Central dynasty because uh, uh, they were actually kind of an underdog against us. And that was actually their first ever state football title. But they uh, beat us in a heck of a game, triple overtime, and uh, kind of led to many more for them. So uh, I like to say that we kind of started that dynasty in winter, um, giving them their first state title. But uh, from winter high school, went on to uh, actually Northern State uh, right out of high school. Went up there to play basketball and redshirted a year and was there another year and then uh, uh, transferred from there and uh, obviously went to Dakota Wesleyan and played for Coach Doug Martin for three years and then got to come back a few years later uh, as an assistant uh, for four years, which um, ended up being kind of his final four years in the uh, uh, coaching profession. So uh, uh, always felt I've been around, uh, you know, a lot of my just coaching philosophy obviously comes from my dad and uh, being around his programs at Winter High School and his philosophy growing up, but uh, at Northern State, got to I got a chance to play for Bob Olson, who would uh, uh, down the road after that become the AD there, and uh, you, you know Doug Martin obviously, and then uh, getting to coach under a, a couple of good coaches, uh, Coach Martin being one of those. So you just kind of learn from everybody, uh, both good and bad, and uh, uh, try to build a philosophy from there and. Uh, you know, sitting here now in year 16, all of a sudden, it doesn't seem like it's been that long, but year 16 in Vermilion, and uh, I've got one daughter, and she's a, actually a senior in high school, so uh, just had homecoming last week. She was uh, one of the royalty candidates, and uh, 
Um, you know, just looking forward to watching her in her senior year and see how that goes and who knows where she's off to next year. All right. Yeah. And, and you talked a little bit about those who influenced you, but maybe tell us more about how you got started. I mean, it seems like you went to college, you kind of got started because did you play basketball in college? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Both at Northern and Dakota Wesleyan. Yeah. And so let's, let's go a little bit more into that, how you got started into coaching and involved in coaching. Did it start with your dad at winter and you're like, Hey, I kind of like what my dad's doing. I want to do that. Or once you got past playing, you're like, I want to get back to the game and, and coach. Yeah, it's weird because uh, obviously I've always been around athletics with my dad and stuff. And, uh, you know, my mom was also a high school English teacher and both of them are in K through 12 education and uh, coming out of high school, you just don't know for sure what you want to do. Um, you know, and athletics had been part of my life, but, uh, uh, when I went to college and even when I transferred to Dakota Wesleyan, I kind of went gen eds for a few years at Northern. And then I actually went into business administration and my, um, actual degree is uh, business administration, behavioral science minor. Um, I was taking some education classes, did all the education stuff, but just didn't, uh, uh, do my student teaching. So I was, if anything, I had one more semester for business education classes. Um, but after, uh, you know, at the end of my college career, I started thinking like anybody or like, you know, heck, I got to go get a job here pretty soon. And uh, I, I was engaged my senior year of uh, college and uh, uh, my fiance at the time, uh, you know, she was living in Sioux Falls and I figured I need to find something maybe in the Sioux Falls area. And my dad at Winter High School always had a basketball camp every year at the uh, beginning of the summertime. And usually it was a five day camp and he, he tried to usually get two of those days where he would get a kind of a college coach or a guest clinician for the day. Um, and he'd kind of been all through all the high, uh, college coaches, both men's and women's in the state. And at that time, University of Sioux Falls had just hired a brand new coach, uh, a guy by the name of Jim Hayford out of Azusa Pacific in California. Hmm. And uh, he was one of the clinicians, one of the days, and we got talking and he had already taken the job at USF a month prior. But at that time, USF wasn't division two. They were still NAI and the, yep. the old SDIC. And uh, we just got talking and he said, hey, I'm still kind of putting my staff together. Have you ever thought about, uh, you know, coaching at the college level? And I said, yeah, sure. I mean, it'd be something. And before you know it, uh, he brought a guy with him, Scott Day from Azusa Pacific. But then uh, he kind of rounded out his staff that first year with uh, uh, a guy uh, many would be familiar with. But Brad Newitt, who does a lot of the Midco Sports uh, okay. uh, uh, announcing now and color man on there. But he was uh, he had just finished a grad assistant job at USD and he, he was one of the assistants. And then uh, that first year, I did a lot of just JV stuff. I kind of had the, they still had a JV program. And so that got me into it, was there a couple of years and uh, something opened up an assistant job. Uh, at uh, uh, DW with Coach Martin. And obviously for me, that was kind of a no-brainer and got to go back there and be an assistant under him for four years. Yeah, and that's, and it seems like a lot of times, you know, you kind of, you kind of go down this road and a lot of people seem like they, you know, they get in inspired by their their family. It seemed like you a little bit, but it was more so just the right chance at the right time with with the opportunity that your your dad presented you with, in a sense, not necessarily him, but the opportunity that was afforded in that sense, and so it's just it's just kind of fun talking with officials and talking with coaches and seeing how like their families have kind of influenced them in a direction to to be, in a sense, similar to them with coaching or with officiating. But you talked about some of the influences, whether that was 
uh, I think you said coach Martin and um, even coach at USF there. Um, what, maybe what is something, cause you, you talked about them already as they as they influenced you in your coaching career. Maybe what is something that you took away from each of them that you've incorporated into your coaching styles? Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's hard uh, with all of them. You know, I, I would like to think a lot of what we do from a Vermilion boys basketball program, from a culture standpoint, uh, I'd like to think that if they, if you had a winter high school grad and they kind of took a peek inside our program, I would think or hope uh, a lot of that would, they'd be like, Hey, that looks like winter high school in a way. Um, it, it's funny though. I've talked to my dad over the years at times. And I think, uh, especially those first couple of years, he came back to be a, be a volunteer assistant. I think he looked at me at times and probably said, what in the world are you doing? We never did this at winter high school. So, but uh, you just learn. And, and that, I've been blessed and fortunate um, you know, even though it didn't work out maybe athletically for me at Northern State, uh, Bob Olson, the two years I was there, he, he's a heck of a coach. And, uh, you know, my red shirt year there, Eric Klein, who all time great from Aberdeen Central, was a, uh, a senior that year, the two Buckle High twins. But uh, uh, the, the way he motivated guys, he, he, you know, and it was just amazing. Um, Coach Martin, probably a little bit of the opposite, kind of uh, uh, more laid back, um, but really good X's and O's uh, and just making in-game adjustments. Um, he, you know, Coach Hayford, the two years at USF, you know, uh, from a philosophy standpoint, to be honest, you, you know, we probably differ somewhat philosophy wise. Yeah. And yet I think that's uh, in a way, you know, as a head coach, the last thing you want is to have two, three assistants and they're all just kind of saying yes or agreeing to everything you say, yeah. you know, because yeah, I think I think you have to have a different differences as a staff and stuff. And uh yeah, you know, before I got into K through 12 education, another, you know, huge probably influence for me was um, after I was done at Dakota Wesleyan, before I took the job at Hanson, I, there was one year in between and I, I wasn't in coaching, but I went up to back to Northern State. Um, Bob Olson, my uh, the, the men's basketball coach, he was the AD at that time. And my actual title at the time was Associate Director of Athletic Development. Uh, we still had our house in Mitchell. My daughter had just been born. She was born three months premature at the time. And uh, uh, we were trying to get the house sold. So in the meantime, uh, my family wasn't going to move up there until we got our house sold in Mitchell. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of commuting back and forth. But during the week, uh, I had a college teammate, Randy Baruth, who was an assistant coach at Northern at the time. But uh, he just kind of invited me or basically put Don Meyer, who the, the late great Don Meyer at Northern State, um, who has passed away now, but he was obviously the head coach at Northern at that time. And that year, I actually got a chance to live in his basement for six months during the year. Wow. He, he kind of took me in. And so uh, besides the fact being around a lot of good coaches from my dad, Coach Olson at Northern, Coach Martin, Coach Hay, uh, Hayford at USF, when you get an opportunity to live in someone's basement uh, for six months, that's one of the all-time greats at any level and just kind of hearing some of the things, you know, I grew up as a coach's son and uh, you know, he'd come down at times and maybe pop in a film, watch some film and he'd start saying some things about the game of basketball. And I was like, 
what in the world is this guy talking about? Like I should know some of this stuff and just to learn from him. Uh, and, and he's just a great kind human being too. So um, you, you just, you take from a little bit from everybody. And uh, uh, the one thing I've learned uh, as a coach, and I think all coaches would probably agree with this is, you know, I'm getting into my late forties now and God willing, hopefully I'm coaching for another 20 years or whatever, but uh, I'm far from uh, knowing uh, anything and everything. And I've got a lot of learning to do. And, uh, you, you know, you find something every year uh, in games or, you know, scouting or uh, whatever the case is, you just watching a college game on TV, whatever it is, you always say, I, you know, I've never seen this. And then something comes along and you see something new and you think just when you think you've seen it all, you know, as, as something else comes along. So uh, I think it's uh, it's huge for people, coaches. Uh, I know we're talking officials as well, too, but you got to continue to grow and learn and uh, uh, just keep moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's just a, a nice lead in, I think, segue to the next question that I have for you. Uh, you know, living in a basement with one of the greatest coaches in, in South Dakota history, maybe of all time in, in the area. Um, it's just kind of a fun story. Is there another fun story you have uh, being the head coach at Vermillion High School? Uh, you, you know, I, I think it sounds so probably cliche uh, just saying, but it, the, the one beauty about, um, and, and you hear people say it all the time in K through 12 education, we're not doing it for the money, right? Um, and, uh, the beauty of it, I, I think every year is just different. Yep. Um, you know, we had a heck of a team. You mentioned the 2021 team that started the year 22 and 0. um, we've been fortunate to have a few kids, uh, in, in our program before that. Uh, it's not every day that you get a guy like AJ Plitzelway to move into yep. your, uh, town, uh, with his mom being the coach at USD, but we had him as a junior senior, um, and to be able to coach a, a player like that. Uh, the kids we've had in our program, that, that's probably the thing I'm most proud of through our 16 years is, uh, you know, and I know a lot of coaches would say this and, and you should, and you got a lot of pr uh, pride and you're, you're proud of your program, but we've really had really good kids mm -hmm. in our program and, uh, they bought into what we're trying to do. And, uh, you, you know, for the most part, we've gotten the community and parents and, uh, you know, fans to kind of buy into uh, what we're trying to do as well. And uh, that's all you can ask for uh, is people buying in and uh, um, not to go back. You want a crazy thing though. This is going back to coach Meyer real quick. Sure. The, the year I was in his basement, that was, it would have been the 05, 06 season. And they went and this is unheard of, but they went 30 and four that year. And all four losses came to Winona State. Um, <laughs> Winona State won the Division II title that year, and I think they won two or three in a row. But uh, Matt Hammer out of Elkton was a senior that year and a, a heck of a player and kind of led that team. But it was a really good basketball team. But you always hear how it's hard to beat a team. And Northern was really good, hard to beat a team three times. But Winona State obviously beat them both games in the regular season and conference play. And then they had the uh, uh, Northern Sun uh, Conference Tournament and beat Northern in the championship game. And then the uh, North Central Regional Tournament to go to the Elite Eight was in Winona. And they met in the championship game of that as wow. well. And Winona got them there, too. And all close, tight games. But uh, you, you don't see that very often. No, not at all. Um, but, yeah, next segueing into somewhat – a different territory dealing with officials um someone like me 
Um, is there a memorable interaction you had with an official? Maybe it was me at a team camp. Cause I don't think I've ever had you during a, a, a game. That's a varsity contest, but is there any memorable interactions you've had with an official that you're like, man, that was a fun interaction or it made me laugh or it just was a good interaction. Uh, I don't know. If you, if you ask some of the fish, officials, they might say the opposite. Uh, <laughs> the one thing I, I like to claim temporary insanity as soon as the game starts okay. and we get inside those four lines and stuff, yep. but uh, it, it's fun. You know, the one thing, and I would say the same thing about coaching, but it's the same thing with officiating. It's not an easy job. Yep. And uh, you know, I, I think we've got really good officials uh, in this state. We're fortunate in Vermilion, the area we're in, yeah. uh, where we can draw from more officials and have good officials in this area. And, uh, you know, my biggest concern, for, and I think this is a concern for everyone in the state, the Activities Association as a whole, is, uh, you know, like anything, we're starting to get to a, uh, you're still a young pup, yep. but uh, we're getting a, 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 where we're getting some officials uh, that have done it a long time. And that's why we've had good officials in the state. But uh, just like my dad, you're getting to a situation where they're not going to do it forever. And, uh, you know, my fear talking to a few of the officials, uh, even at some of our home football games here early in the year is, you know, you have a, a bigger group of in probably the next five to 10 years yep. that are going to get out of officiating and retire and, probably just go live the good life of retirement and not do it. And we don't have as many coming in. And so that's a concern. And, uh, but anytime, you know, uh, officials work hard. And uh, like I said, when, when, when the game gets going, you get caught in kind of the tractor beam uh, heat of the battle. But uh, you know, I think over time, you build relationships between having the, uh, uh, the officials in the games over the years and you kind of learn from a personality standpoint what yep. you can and can't do. And I think they learn the same thing about coaches as well. You know, uh, they probably say, you know, Coach Drake's just kind of being crazy for a second here. I'll let him be crazy and uh, look the other way. But uh, uh, the one thing I will say, you know, we have uh, uh, with, with coaches, whether it's coaching clinics, seeing guys at camps and stuff. It is. And, you know, I appreciate you with your podcast because uh, it, it got me thinking just when you asked if I could be on here and stuff, you don't get quite as much opportunity or chances where, you know, there'd be coaching clinics where uh, us coaches will get together afterwards and you might go have a root beer or a diet Coke or something like that. Yep. Uh, able to visit and uh, uh, talk, not just sports, but you know, life yep. and uh, coaches and officials probably don't have that interaction as much. And yep. that's a huge deal. You, you know, um, I was just telling our AD Jason Huska the other day uh, that it would be, it, whether it's clinics or whatever the case is where you can get officials and coaches together more often, yep. because uh, even though it's the heat of the battle, I, I, I think, uh, I think a lot of us coaches would find out we really, really, really like these officials yep. um, just in life in general, from a relationship standpoint. And I think it would be vice versa. So um, it, it's just one of those things. Uh, I wish we'd have more interaction from that standpoint. 
Yep, absolutely. And that's like you mentioned or alluded to a little bit. That's kind of why I want to start this podcast just to, so people, if they're like, oh man, I'm going to have a uh, coach Drake here this next week. What's he like? I can pop on and watch this video and be like, oh, okay. He might get intense here. Let me be intense. And then uh, we can move on from there. And so I'm hoping, hoping that kind of stems from this, this podcast here. Um, and then following up with that officials and now officials, as we talk about officials, we, we get into rules and officials really like the rules. And so, uh, what is a rule in your 16 years that was added that you were glad was added, um, and, or maybe removed or secondly, what's one that you do not like, or kind of wish was modified? Yeah, it, it, it's, and I might go back even farther, you know, whether you call it a rule or not, I, I think the biggest thing in my 16 years from a basketball coaching standpoint uh, is the shot clock, obviously. Yep, yep. Um, that's been huge. And I think it was, I, I'm glad it was um, uh, added here uh, in South Dakota and stuff. Um, but, you know, just the, when you add free throws, I, and I'm going to take you back to mid eighties now. Sure. Um, but I remember as a, I was probably, I got to think as a fourth grader and uh, it was the first year of the three class system and uh, winter high school had a, a kid by the name of Sam Goodhope who would go on to be the Mr. Basketball in the state uh, that year in 1986, a senior year, but uh, they're playing out in the civic center in rapid city in the region tournament. And at that time it was called sectionals and you had four teams um and and they were playing i gotta i believe it was what well, it would have been red cloud in the first round and that winner is going to get pine ridge or whatever but at that time there was no intentional foul okay and at five fouls it was one and one everything one and one well when you have the best player in the state sam goodhope but You've heard of the hack a shack, yeah. But it basically Red Cloud kind of went into that. They, you know, Sam Goodhope would get the inbounds pass, or he gets the ball, and they're going to the other end. And Winter would have a kid underneath the basket, and pine, or excuse me, Red Cloud just grab him and foul him right there. Well, now obviously nowadays that'd be an intentional foul. Can't do that, but uh, kind of takes the ball out of the hands, and uh, Winter ends up losing a close one. But just to watch, you know, from that. To, to be quite honest, then get into the seven fouls to then finally having a double bonus, which changes the game. Yep. And then obviously, as you know, this year, yep. it changes again, uh, more like the uh, college women or, you know, at the NBA level. And uh, I, I wish I could tell you, you know, uh, I'm a little bit nervous just about that rule change because yep. uh, I, I think for us at uh, Vermillion, we try to pride or hope that we play pretty good defense without fouling. And, uh, you know, I know there's been a number of games where we're telling our kids at the end of the first quarter, Hey, they're, they're at six fouls and we're shooting the bonus this whole second quarter. Um, and we're not always the best offensive team the way it is. So if we can get some extra points at the free throw line where this year it would start over, yep. you know, in, in the second quarter and you're trying to get back to, so that one worries me, but uh, like anything as coaches and, uh, you know, even officials as rules change, um, you know, I think it's a matter of time. Probably the toughest call. I don't know if you'd agree or not, but I think a lot of officials would say the block charge is yeah. as tough as it gets maybe. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's inevitable for us to have a charge circle in the lane yeah. when that comes around and whether that's right or wrong, but it's probably a, a needed addition to the high school game as well. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, last question I'm going to ask you off the cuff here is what is something you would like say to a newer official, um, recommend to them, especially as they approach you as a coach uh, in their first few years? Uh, just hang in there. You, you, you know, it, it sounds crazy and stuff, but we do. Um, we've got a lot of good officials, but we need new officials, young officials, um, and we need them staying in it. You, you know, we're fortunate here in uh, Vermillion as well. Uh, Steve Mayer and uh, Connor Singheisen at the college and at the wellness center, but they do a lot of training of uh, young officials that, that are going to school at USD and trying to just get them involved and get going, whether it be football, basketball, whatever the case is, umpiring and baseball. But uh, so we get to see some of those guys and some of them will start doing our sub varsity games. And we've seen some of those sub varsity guys that eventually become varsity officials throughout the state. But I've also seen quite a bit of them uh, that they'll start it, want to get into it. But this goes back to when we're saying coaching and officiating is hard to do. And you just got to kind of hang with it because uh, and I know, especially with basketball, um, it's the one sport I, I tell you a lot of fans because you're right in on the action and I think a lot of fans think they have uh, they know every rule they think they could be a coach and they think they could be an official <laughs> and until you're in those situations and and that's hard for young officials is if you're getting fans right on top of you it's bad enough yeah. you know it's bad enough having us coaches get, get after you but then to have fans constantly uh, getting on you and stuff. And that's, I think that's why we're losing some of the young officials that, uh, so, you know, my biggest advice is you just got to kind of hang in there and uh, sometimes you got to have some thick skin and just kind of uh, grind it out and stay in it. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, I completely agree. Um, just stick it out. It'll, it'll kind of smooth sailing. It'll get a little bit better as you, as you get more into it. Um, again, coach Jay Drake, thank you again for joining me this evening. Any last words for anyone watching? No, uh, I appreciate what you're doing with this podcast. I, I think it's going to be uh, uh, really good. I look forward to seeing, uh, you know, just the other coaches and uh, officials and uh, like anything, anything that you can do to help kind of build the bond and um, uh, cohesionness and uh, uh, officials. And uh, we've got good ones out there. Um, and, and some of them have gone from officiating to coaching and vice versa, coaching to officiating. Yep, yep. It's just good to see that, and uh, we appreciate everything you're doing. Awesome. Thank you so much, everybody. This is uh, the Irenic Ref Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Gross, and we thank you for joining today.